0: We're all looking to make more sustainable choices, but making your own shoes out of natural materials could pose a few challenges. The twigs and leaves in your backyard aren't exactly comfortable, and while mud does perfectly contour the feet, it doesn't score high on the durability front. But thanks to Allbirds, you can skip all the backyard experimentation. At the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff, like research and testing to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials. And their innovative processes mean using less of the bad stuff and more of the good, while making shoes unlike any other. Like the Plant Pacer, made with 100% plastic-free plant leather. The Tree Dasher, a running shoe made from eucalyptus tree fiber. And from Sugarcane, they've made the Superlight, their lightest shoe ever, by weight and carbon footprint. It's not rocket science. It's shoe science. Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're supernatural. Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. Over the last few months, I've been asked why I don't bring people on to the show and let them speak about their encounter in their own words. So one gentleman reached out to me whose name's Matt. And he was happy to do that. So I'm really excited that for the first time, I don't have to read out the account. You can actually hear Matt's experiences in his own words, because he's here with me tonight. Hello, Matt.
4: Hi, Deb. How are you doing?
3: I'm, I'm doing really well. And I wanted to thank you, actually, because I know there's a lot of people out there who are a little bit still dubious about being taped. And I think when they listen to your story and, and see how... Um, how welcome it is by people because the comments that we'll get will be absolutely wonderful i know they will i've seen it happen before that person might feel a little bit more empowered to come forward so if you don't mind i'm going to let you start wherever you want to start and and you just talk away because i'm going to have a good listen
4: okay well we, we were just um discussing weren't we about how we got to where we are yeah through, through our experiences as children and breakdowns and enlightenment and stuff like that so uh, that's where we are at the moment so we can go from there if you like
3: yeah that's it that's it i think there's many people that will understand because they have similar life experiences to, to me and you um and when as we talk tonight i know i can think of so many people actually that i speak to will be saying that's exactly the same for me
4: i'm sure i'm sure they will at least similar anyway yeah okay so um so through my, through my enlightenment, I'm uh, an author, and um, I used to run personal development workshops, which I don't really do much anymore,
1: mm-hmm. and I've
4: had quite a lot of spiritual experiences. And I was always interested in the Bigfoot phenomenon, since a child, watching the um, Patterson,
0: yeah.
4: the Wright-Patterson tape. Yeah, that's, that's when it all really kicked off in earnest, wasn't it? Yeah, that
3: was 1997, uh, that was the year I was born
4: um uh, say the year again
3: 1967
4: that's it probably 67 yeah it's a year yeah. my brother was born <laughs> Bye. anyway um so that was always always interesting as as kids we would you know be out camping and we would hear a noise and say oh that was Bigfoot and stuff like that but it was always just a bit of a joke you know I've had no big yeah. experiences and to be honest of the thousands of hours and videos of Bigfoot I've seen, I'm not impressed with the evidence to yeah. be honest so yeah, exactly. so it was always interesting it was especially interesting to see people who research it professionally Yeah. rather than trying to make fake videos
3: Yes. they're out
4: there gathering evidence and looking at footprints and tree breaks yeah. and stuff like that and that's more interesting but anyway so so I've always been interested in Bigfoot, but never, never had an experience until mm. about two years ago. And if it wasn't Bigfoot, but I'll tell you what happened and then you, you yeah. might be able to assess what you think it was. But anyway, I, I go out at night taking photography mm-hmm. of photographs of the Milky Way and the stars and stuff. and and at first because I was enthusiastic and it was lovely to get out at night and I've always been through my enlightenment I've always thought of the universe being in harmony and and at oneness and peace and stuff so when I'm out at night in nature and it's just me and the stars and a field and a few animals and a few trees it's always been peaceful yeah
3: yes yeah I understand that yeah
4: until about two years ago (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, anyway, I was I was um, photographing in a town called Roxall on the Isle of Wight, uh, not far from where I live, and it was about 11.30 at night, and there's a, a house there called a- Apple Durkham House, All Right. and I was parked up the road on the way up to Apple Durkham House, standing on my own just taking photos basically, it was a nice clear night, it was in the summer, could see the stars clearly and stuff uh not far from the village of Roxall, so there's a little bit of light from the towns and stuff yeah it was quite a dark spot really because you need a dark spot for photographing the milky way and a group of party goers which were actually a wedding party were staying at the apple Durkham house Mm. and they walked up the road from the pub Mm. and None of them had torches or anything. They'll just heard them coming. And, and I turned, put my, one, my my phone light on and started chatting to them. And they were all interested in the photography. And we had like a little mini workshop, mini oh. Milky Way workshop. There's about really? 20 people there and they're all saying hi and having a good time and giving me their contacts on Facebook and stuff like that. And after a few minutes, they wandered up to Apple Durkham House, which is about 200 yards up the road. And I just carried on about another 20 minutes taking photos, stood there on my own. No big deal. Suddenly, you probably like resonate with this, but suddenly it went really dark. Yeah. Really quiet. Normally you're hearing like trees rustling or cars going by in the village or something. But it just went really quiet, really dark. And I became aware of something standing close to me. Right. Within about 20 feet of me, it felt like, I right, just, just felt yeah. like a presence.
3: Yeah, that you confidence. know you're not alone.
4: Yeah, if you, if you were stood in a nightclub or at a train station, right, and someone came and stood up behind you and was staring at the back of your head.
3: Yeah, you feel it.
4: Within a few minutes, you'd notice it, wouldn't you? And you'd
3: yeah, either, it, yeah and you'd, you'd turn that.
4: around and go, hang on. Well, it felt like that, but it felt like intuitively it felt like within 20 feet of me
2: yeah
4: so because of my spiritual background and stuff I didn't think much of it I was, I get,
2: like,
4: yeah. I was okay there's a ghost or yeah you know, a demon or whatever, yeah, the, whatever your problem is hang out with me I'm taking photos it's not a problem do you know what I mean I'm yeah. not I haven't got a problem with spiritual things at all so it didn't worry me it just made me think oh okay so I carried on for a few more minutes taking photographs and stuff Until whatever it was growled at me.
2: Yeah,
4: right. That was when I started, you know, things started to shift and change a bit. Um, It it growled and it was like a, a, a I immediately thought, intuitively, it's a big dog. Right. Because it was that low down growl in its tummy.
3: I was going to ask you to describe the growl. Was it loud? Low down.
4: Right. Low, you know, low frequency—the yeah. kind of tummy growl that humans can't do. Yeah, I get
3: you. Yeah. So
4: it's definitely an animal, and I thought big dog immediately. Right. And um, you know, they call it a guttural growl, don't they?
3: Yeah, exa- exactly that—a guttural growl.
4: I could try and do it, but I can't do it with the growl. I can mm. only do it with the vibration. But it was like, grrr, right, and deeper quiet, quiet. and slower. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought. Big dog was a big dog out in Roxall, you know.
3: Yeah, where so
4: the... I, I looked around and uh, couldn't see anything. It was pitch dark. I didn't have my torch on or anything, because I've learnt my camera so well, I can do it in pitch darkness now. Yeah. So I don't even need a head torch or anything. So um I thought, you know, did I hear it? it was a dog? Could have been one of the houses in the village or something. So I ignored it. And then it did it again, louder. Right. Same thing, it was about three or four second deep, low-down growl. Right. So that made me think, right, now I need to protect myself. Yeah. So, so getting a little bit nervous now, I went back to my car, which is only a few feet away. I got out my torch from my camera bag, and I, I had a craft knife with me. Right like a lock knife but it's only a craft knife blade and I use it for brambles and stuff if I ever needed it so right. I just keep it in my camera bag sometimes if I'm going out you know it depends on what I'm going hiking across fields and things basically and uh, so I got my knife out and I got my torch out and I'm standing at the edge of this field shining the torch around and I can't see anything anywhere there's a big big uh, oak tree in the middle of the field that's been hit by lightning that's only kind of Alive on one side. Yeah. Can't see anything around I'm thinking, is it behind the tree and all that? And as I'm shining this torch around, whatever it is, starts scowling at me.
1: Oh, cracker.
4: So the low down growl has yep. now turned into a, like a scowling noise. Yeah. And it m- just gave me the impression that it didn't like me and it didn't want me there. Right. But since I got the torch and the knife and it saw that I wasn't going to, Run away!
1: Yeah,
4: terrified. It then shifted from a threat to a kind of a <sighs> kind <Yeah>. of noise. <laughs> Did you get right. that noise?
3: Yeah, yeah, And I, I know exactly what's going on. So I didn't. So I didn't. I didn't that when you finished.
4: Well, I didn't know what was going on, right? But at that point, I knew it wasn't a big dog. Yeah. So I'm thinking badgers. Can they make that kind of noise? Foxes? I don't know. But it, it scowled at me again, mm. you know, quite a, quite a nasty, a really, I can only describe it as a nasty scowl. It wasn't, you know.
3: Yeah, not pleasant.
4: But, yeah, it was just like, you know, you, you look, I don't like you, you're not meant to be here, kind of, that's the impression I got. But the really weird thing was, the scowling noise sound didn't sound like an animal at that point, it sounded human. Yeah which was really weird because that was the thing that made me go into all the research to try and find out what it was which ultimately led me to your channel and dogman videos and stuff like that so so i'm standing there going what on earth is this noise shining the torch (laughs) around not feeling all that confident by now you know not quite ready to run for the car and run away but you know thinking about it and um whatever it was then moved away from me across the field. Well, I thought it was across the field. Yeah. Scowling as it went. Right. Not growling anymore, scowling at me as if to say, mm. you know, you've pissed me off. I don't like you being here, but you haven't run away. So I'm going to have to go away.
2: Yeah.
4: Kind of feeling. That's what I got. Yeah. And it scowled at me as it went across the field two or three more times. Going like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: <kind of> <laughs> I can't do it well, but it was. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, an animal kind of skull. It was more like a crazed yeah. human kind of skull. But anyway, moving on, I stayed there for about another twenty minutes because whatever it was had left.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: and you and you know when there's like an event like that, um, the noises, like I said, it went dead quiet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then when the when the thing is finished it's like everything tunes back in again
3: yeah when the predators moved away everything yeah. all the noise and everything comes back yeah
4: yeah so then i could hear like cars going through the village and trees rustling again mm-hmm. so I, I by now i'm like shaking in my boots basically and not enjoying photographing so i'm packing up the camera and getting it off the tripod and folding up the tripod as quick as i can yeah. get it in the car so i'm bunging stuff in the car literally you know I've got my craft knife in my pocket and the torch is on and the car lights are on now. So uh, um, I'll tell you what happened since then. What I learned was uh, uh, there was a post in a Facebook group about a big cat sighting. Right. Uh, in the 80s, there was a lot of big cat sightings on the Isle of Wight. And they, they put it down to an escaped panther or something. Yeah,
3: you always know, say, oh, in the 70s, you let them out and, and, and... The first yeah. recording of a cat was 800. I think it was 800 years ago in the UK that a, of a large cat was reported.
4: <laughs> so um, so on this thread, there's a lot of people saying, oh, I remember those. We saw one up the old railway track and we saw one up the downs and this. And No, no one ever had any evidence. You know, it's just yeah. one of those weird crypto, weird things like the Bigfoot. But anyway, um, so I commented on the thread Oh, I had a weird experience at Apple Durkham house the other night and uh, heard this thing growling at me and scowling at me. And they said someone contacted me and subsequently added me as a friend on Facebook. She said she used to see a big cat in Roctal from her house. Right. And she said she's seen it curling up in a field and walking down, getting water and stuff not far from her garden few years ago so big cat possibly but the way it scowled it didn't sound like a big cat you know we know like when a cougar scowls it's, yeah it's, it's unmistakable isn't it
3: yeah you you can hear that it's a cat and it's not typical cat behavior They would normally if you would slink off without you hit why make the growl because it gives away where they are
4: yeah and and the other thing is i was stood so my car's parked by the road and I was stood by a fence, and uh, standing at the edge of this field, shining my torch around, looking for whatever's making this noise. With hindsight, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I thought it was within twenty feet of me. With hindsight, I think it was on the other side of the road, behind me, right. behind the tree line. So it's probably behind a tree or something, or behind the fence behind me. And I was looking in the wrong direction. <laughs> You,
3: have you ever heard people, when? because you, obviously you've researched since the and Dogman, have you ever heard
1: that they're not...
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: The theory really, but people talk about them being able to throw the noise. So it's as if the noise is coming from a different area. It's quite confusing. It's like shopping. Well, I've,
4: I've heard a lot of strange things about Dogmen and Bigfoot, mm. but that's my... Well, not my own experience, but that's my experience, so I haven't had any experience of that, so I can't really comment yeah. on it one my own another. But I, I did have um, a couple of other experiences since, if you want to hear about them.
3: I just wanted to ask, actually, what do you think about... You were there, you've got no lights on, you're quite happy being in the dark with your camera. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you're there, you're in a decent spot, and the noisy wedding party come along, mm-hmm. and then they go, and it... After a certain amount of time, the atmosphere changes. So let's let's just hypothetically say something was in that area anyway. You, it didn't spot because you were there taking your photographs. It probably waited till the wedding crowd went past and dispersed. And then, as it's come to move through where it wants to go to hunt, there's you. Click, 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 click. Yeah, camera, yeah. Did your camera it bumped into it? me? You know? Bumped
4: into me and went Ugh, who's
3: that, Ugh, that yeah. Ugh. like
4: a dog. Would... You. So
3: yeah. and any animal that natural animal, and, and people will say, Well, she do not know because she's not a naturalist. Most animals will not reveal themselves, they will just move off. That growl is to test your metal. Mm. You get a lot of reports where people say, until I stood up to it. It, it changed. It wasn't happy it was there, but it mm. moved off because I think it sensed that I was not to be messed with or not to be to be played with. You weren't running, screaming from the area, which is what the growl was meant to make you do. Yeah. And you, you've acted completely differently. And when you said to me that we all have a space, people call it like um, when you're in a lift and someone stands in your personal space. Mm. That's our... Energy. we have like a radar so it picks up on things around us and the more in tune you are the larger that that radar is so Mm -hmm. you've picked up that something's come into your personal space and you've tuned into it and you've been oh right i'm okay with that and it's probably not the reaction that it's had with other people do you get what i mean that very
4: well i've had enough experience of the spiritual Mm. not to be afraid
3: yeah, to be with calm with it, and so I thought
4: it. it was. I thought initially it was a spiritual thing.
3: Yeah, I get
4: you. So I wasn't that phased by it until it started sc- scouring and it didn't sound yeah. like an animal anymore. That's when it got a bit weird.
3: Yeah, you you do. I do hear that. So I wanted to put your mind at rest with that a little bit. Per- mm. My personal opinion is I think it's something canine.
4: Because it did. I- it, sound, it It made me think it was a big dog initially.
3: That's it. I was just thinking the first thought that came into your head is usually the correct one. So mm. you, you, what you're picking up on, you, you're using your animal brain as well, has gone straight to canines. You've not gone ape and you've not gone cat, you've gone to the canine. And then you've done that thing that us humans do where you try and explain the experience away. Mm. And I say, well, it could possibly be a cat. It didn't sound like a cat, didn't act like a cat, didn't do what cats do. Well, that's the only possible reasonable explanation I can come up with. And it could very well have been a cat. But to me, if your very first initial thought and your very intuitive has gone straight to dog, then that's where we should be looking.
4: Well, I'll tell you uh, another experience mm. I've had, which will um, help clarify yeah. this one. And um, something else I heard in the video, just, I'm just going to... Mention it quickly,
2: yes. Yeah. You might,
4: might find it a bit amusing. I'm not sure if it was one of your videos or another channel, but um, someone said that dog man in general, being of the canine genre, mm-hmm. have very keen sense of smell, yes. And he said he had an experience once and got harassed on his farm because he his dog and then he peed against this tree and since that point he started getting harassed by dog man on his farm and he reckoned it was because he it was a marking post
3: i get you yeah
4: he's he's urinating against the tree and challenged it well just just because you know i'll mention it just because but when i'm out with the camera i quite often (laughs) urinate Um, yeah you
3: need to pee yeah in the wild yeah
4: So, perhaps, you know, I was marking its territory or something.
3: Alpha male within its territory. I don't know
4: if that's true, but I thought I'd mention it.
3: It But it's a plausible explanation, isn't it? Mm. You're in its area. It might go through that area every night, and then you're there. Well,
4: one of the other other plausible explanations I had was that it was... um, I'd tuned into the unconscious which if you understand the way yeah. the human mind works, you, you might get, get yeah. what I'm on about. But it could have been a kind of, well, my experience is when you're in touch with some aspects of the unconscious mind, you experience yeah. it as real.
3: Yeah, I get, yeah, I understand what you're Even
4: saying. Even if it was just a personal experience and if, you know, other people were there, it would have been a different experience. But,
3: For them, yeah.
4: Yeah. So anyway, let's get on to the other experience. Yeah because that will give you give you a better, kind of bigger picture of what was going on yeah. anyway so that was in the summer so i think it was the, the following winter mid kind of december i could check the dates actually because i've got all these photographs on my camera right uh, so i wanted to catch the full moon yeah. coming up coming up over carisbrooke castle which is near newport on the isle of wight Right. And um, because it's winter and the moon's coming up quite early, the moon was coming up at 7 p.m. It's a good time for me to go out of the camera because it's not late. Yeah. And I don't have to stay out long because it's cold and stuff like that. And, and you know, not being funny, but when it's earlier, it's not so frightening. Yeah. So when you're at midnight at 2 a.m., it's a bit more exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So 7pm, there's lots of people around and it's just not, not a big deal, you know. Yeah. So, so I'm up at Carisbrook Castle waiting for the moon to come up and there's a drama club in the castle. So there's people parking up ne- near my car. Yeah. And going up through the castle gates and stuff. And I actually got a really good photograph of some people opening the gates and they've got their torches on. So the, so the arch to the castle... And the main gate is all illuminated.
3: Oh, very atmospheric.
4: I got a nice long exposure photo. And then I took another photo of the moon coming up and uh, put them in as a composite. So I got a nice freaky castle moon shot. Well, anyway, I was was shooting the moon and and whoever was going in the drama club had gone in. And it was half an hour later and it was quiet. And the moon was coming up. And I got some pictures. And uh, I heard this stick tapping on the floor. Right, on the other side of the car park, it was about half seven, getting on for eight o'clock by now, and uh, I just, you know, I noticed it. I didn't think anything of it really. Just had this stick tapping, and like you say, intuitively, mm-hmm. I thought I bet that's someone walking their dog, and they're tapping a stick because they're
3: yeah, as you go scared along.
4: at night, and they're making a noise to let mm. whatever they're scared of know it's they're there. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, like someone walking down the lane at night might whistle. Yeah. Loudly. Do you know I what I mean?
3: also for your own confidence, isn't it, when we yeah.
4: do that? Yeah. So, so I hear this stick banging, and it, it turns out to be this lad. I suppose he's between 25 and 30 years old, and he's dressed very scruffy, scruffily. Mm. And if, if the person ever hears this video and it was you, I apologise if it had nothing to do. <laughs> I apologise in advance, and you'll see why in a little while. But anyway, he's dressed scruffily, like, not like hippie, but like a homeless person might be. Like cargo pants, lots of layers of clothing, but dirty, you know, dirty hair and stuff. And he's walking along, banging the stick on the floor, kind of a walking stick, thick pole kind of size stick. And he walks up the end of the car, comes out of the castle grounds, walks across the car park. And this is still, like, fairly early in the evening, so I'm not phased at all. Yeah. walks up the end of the car park disappears through the end of the car park I thought oh he's gone down the public footpath yeah end of story right well anyway I started getting weird feelings
2: mm.
4: started feeling nervous and you get a bit what's the yeah. word, you get a bit freaked out normally yeah. I get that on my own it's very late at night but it's like 8 o'clock I'm starting to get freaked out it's really dark it's not feeling good at all. So I'm thinking about packing up and leaving. Yeah. And I see something run across the top of the castle wall quickly. So the intuition said fox. Right. Because it was that sort of speed, you know, legs yeah. moving quickly. And but I couldn't see it was a fox, but I just thought I saw something run across the top of the castle wall. The lower wall, which is nearer to where I was, not the high wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, the moat wall. So I'm like, right, I've had enough of this. Mine's playing tricks on me. I'm going to put camera in car and I'm packing up and, you know, stood there and just looked around, nothing going on. So, right, get in car and I'll leave. So this is about half an hour, three quarters of an hour since I saw the bloke with the stick. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And I drive down the lane and blokey's walking down the lane.
0: Right.
4: So it's taken him half an hour, three quarters of an hour to walk about 400 yards. Right. Which is a bit strange, yeah?
3: Yeah.
4: So that was my Carisbrook Castle experience, which is no, most people say no big deal. But the next day, when I get up in the morning, Mm -hmm. there's an article in the Isle of Wight County Press, and 11 sheep were killed in the Carisbrook Valley, and it was a full moon. And they said it was by a large canine, a large unidentified canine.
3: Yeah, a large unidentified canine, that's normal. Right. Yeah.
4: So this is why I apologise to the lad if it had nothing to do with him. But I've been up the car park in daylight since and I can't see a footpath at the end.
3: Yeah, you can't see where he's gone in.
4: Right, there's a barbed wire fence mm-hmm. and thick brambles, chest height brambles. Right. right. And the other side of the fence is there's about a 30 feet drop straight down, not a slope, straight mm-hmm. down. And there's a field full of sheep.
0: <laughs> mm. so well,
4: you know in the mind puts two and two together and makes five well anyway I just thought it was strange because this 11 sheep were killed that night
3: yeah. and
4: I'm thinking now that's getting rude because I'm out there photographing you mm. know, and I'm a child of God and this shouldn't be happening around me so you know did, Matt, it, follow, did it follow me up to the Carisbrook Castle
3: Matt is there any possibility that what you saw moving on the wall was energy
4: Possibly, possibly I didn't see anything, but it was so dark. It was just yeah. like a silhouette of a something.
3: Something moving could yeah. possibly, yeah, could possibly be energy. I think you tuned into the area again when you've gone in.
4: Well, apparently it happened so much after that in Carrisbrook Valley. Mm-hmm. They built a ten-foot fence around the um, deer park there. Wow! Because it was taking fawns. Oh. On, a regular, on a regular basis.
3: That's and something, yeah, that's large. Isn't
4: y- y- well, listen, they built 10 foot fence right around the thing and they issued a statement to the county press and said, right, if we catch whatever it is on our land, we're going to shoot it. Oh. They said that to the police and the county press and they put the fence up and it still happened about two more times after, after that with a 10 foot fence.
3: Wow, so is it getting through that fence?
4: Yeah, what kind of dog can do that? <laughs>
3: yeah, what kind of dog can do that? It's not the first time I've heard it, where areas, that even areas with public access, so it's completely illegal to fence them off. Mm. Um, I can think of one at Slackhead in um, Lancaster, straight off the top of my head, where suddenly you've got these massive day fences. So you can't mm. even go in on the land. Mm. So, and they've even blocked off the public access, which is completely illegal. Mm. Done it anyway, and when I, I asked a few people about it because it was about two years ago when I realised this, there were other people who were saying think Eskew Woods was another one, and they seem to be play areas of high energy. Let's put it like that, strange energy.
2: Well,
4: uh, funny you should say that, but every every time I go up to Carisbrook Castle, I mm. don't have a good experience. Right, and I've stopped more or less stopped photographing it because I just don't like it up there. <laughs>
1: Wow.
3: I'm not gonna tell you it now, but just to let you know, there is actually a report just at Ride, which is not that far away from the castle, is it?
4: Well, it's quite a small island, so nowhere's far away really.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a report at Ride and there's um I'll have to have it make me a map smile, but I'm not gonna tell it you till after. But yeah. So just to say you're not on your own.
1: <laughs> really?
3: Yeah, there, there is actually one. Because people think, oh, it's an island, so there's no possible way. Well, there are already, there's already a report there, and it's, it's from a lad who was just trying everywhere to, to try and find out what it was that he saw. But as I say, I will <laughs> fill you in on the details later. So what happened after the castle event, if you don't mind me asking?
4: Well, th- that was it. It was, it was the whole um, <laughs> the whole sheep kill
3: was it all together and could it well,
4: Yeah, it was all come? like a series of events and I, I had to draw a line under it because I was challenging it at one stage saying, right, fucking dog man, sorry oh, about
2: God. my
3: language. No, you're right. But, but,
4: but yeah. you know, I, I've done Kung Fu, you know.
3: Yeah, <laughs> if all you of that. Yeah. Up, you're
4: going you're to eat my tripod. So um, I had to draw a line under it. And, and close stop it down. All that. Yeah, stop all that because it was happening around right. me too much, you know.
3: Yeah, so I'm just going to speak from the heart now. Right, there's two things that go on. One is, why did it reveal itself to you? Because, it, as I say, it's not na- natural animal behaviour. So we have no idea the size of what this thing was. It could have been the size of an Alsatian, It could have been eight feet tall. We have no idea.
2: Well, the from, answer,
4: the, from the growl, know, I would say it was at least the size of a big mastiff. Right. It, so, wasn't Als- it wasn't Alsatian. It was bigger and deeper than that.
3: So, like, you can pick up on energy. That means that other beings, other whatever we want to give them a name to, creatures, or anything, can also pick up on the energy. Like a dog can pick up when you're scared or a dog can pick up that you're friendly and it's okay to come to order. Well, times mm. that by a thousand, they can pick up on your intent and, and every signal, that you're giving off, even that you don't realize you're giving off, because you're a human. Their mm. scent is incredibly powerful, even more so than a dog. They also—that's their environment.
4: Did you know, for uh, dogs? You know, cad—is uh, it for Cadaver?
3: Oh, cadaver dogs. Yeah. Yeah. They look for bodies.
4: Yeah, and... they can detect a spot of human blood mm-hmm. on a rag, for example. Yeah. From from a hundred meters away. And they can home, home in on it and find it, even if you mm-hmm. buried it behind the wall or something.
3: There's, there are search dogs that search on lakes and rivers. They're on the boat, mm-hmm. and they have their head over the side of the boat, and as, instead of putting a diver in, because it's too difficult,
2: mm. obviously
3: as they do that grid, the dog will bark when the body's below. Really? It's is incredible, isn't it? It was yeah. strangely. I was discussing this with my husband today. I was watching a programme, and it was about, cadaver dogs and the way they trained to rescue people from buildings. And it was this kind of um, a documentary from when the dog was a puppy up to its serving. And the first time that it I think it was the Mexico earthquake that it had to go in and find dead bodies. He said when it took it away from the scene the dog was acting really strange. It was almost depressed and it was laid down in the kitchen. He said normally they have a routine of the dog's rewarded and it gets his reward and none of that happened. He said he was so worried that he phoned the vet out the next day. And the vet said to him, you have to understand, you've brought him in and you haven't washed him, he can still smell the death.
4: Do you think the dog knew someone was still alive in there?
3: No, I think he came home with the stench of many cadavers on him. Mm. And, and Interesting. It's like when you give a dog a bath, they'll go out mm. and roll in the smelliest thing they can find. Fox yeah, they don't like the smell of the clean water and the shampoo that you've used and all of that. It's, it's overpowering to them. So they go and roll in nature. They'll roll on grass, they'll roll on mud to get rid of that smell. Cats will do the same thing when they get wet. It's really strange.
4: I, think it's, um, I think it's instinct to, to mask their own smell so they blend in.
3: For safety, exactly. I didn't even think of that. You, you're right there, Matt. It is, isn't it? It's to blend mm. in like a, a hunter or a deer. Because in the the wild,
4: they are predators, aren't they?
3: Yeah, most definitely. So if we're dealing with a dogman, we're going to use the word dogman, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: just
3: just for instance. If we're dealing with a dogman, there is two courts of thought. One is that because you are open like a beacon and you can connect with them and they can connect with you, then there's some kind of relationship or bond going on. And you Mm -hmm. may have early memories of... Wolf like creatures are being drawn to wolf like creatures.
2: The no. other one we
3: have to look at is that you were in an area where something was a predator, that's why it goes quiet. A predator comes in and you're there taking you, and as we say, he's a bit pissed off that you're there and he, you know you're in his thing. So he's tried scaring you away and you've stood up to him a bit and he's growled a bit more and he stood up to you a bit. I think you've been very lucky there and that's. He's, that's why he's gone off. I think if you'd have reacted like prey and run, things might have been different. And yes, mm-hmm. they can follow you. Yes, they can follow you from area to area. They can even follow you home. And something as simple as just being really involved in the subject or interested in the subject, you're almost putting an advert out there that you want to interact.
4: Well, funny you should say that, but I do... Um, if there's some area of doubt... Mm-hmm. I do kind of tend to call it out a bit, right you know, I say right, well if you're real, show up then you know yes yeah, so my you... my joke in my mind for quite a long time it was a long standing joke which I've since had to um repress to some extent since my experiences, but i was i was, used to say, Show up and I'll give you a sausage
3: <laughs> so you you're not only meeting it as an equal, you're kind of
4: derogularizing it as if you say you're well no it wasn't you. de it was um Offering it a...
3: Gift, oh, I get you. Right, peace get you. offering. Oh, like Mike and his sausage rolls, I understand now.
4: Yeah, don't eat me, you know, you know, have a sausage kind of thing. Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: It was, a, it was a joke around sausage, but...
3: No, I get you now. I misunderstood what you meant. Yeah. I think the fact that you've, you have decided yourself that you were shutting it down is why it stopped, because you, you made that decision that you wanted to shut it down. Other people are a bit more curious and they want to...
4: Yeah and if you're frightened if you're frightened yeah, you're also you're... you're also obsessing about it.
3: Yeah it,
4: yeah you're still, I was I was still reinforcing
3: yeah. it. I used to fear the fear, Matt so I wasn't fearing the actual event itself I was fearing yeah. thinking about the event or fearing yeah. thinking the event was going to happen again which was just it was like as I said to you before it was like a sarcophagus It's
4: it the good. same with a lot of um spiritual phenomena yeah which which is what I well I have to define spiritual here because the phenomena aspect is more unconscious, but the actual spirit is visionary, is you know, yeah. the thought of God. So, there's a different aspect people need to understand about what spiritual is because there's quite a yeah. lot of confusion there.
3: Yeah, so, I, I, um, I misuse the word because when I speak of spiritual, I mean like the universe, but yeah,
4: it's just... I mean, I mean, thought, <laughs> thought generally,
3: right? I get you, Put, just putting it out there
4: spirit yeah
3: yeah,
4: yeah so itself. it's the same it's the same with a lot of spiritual aspects the same with um the ufo phenomenon yeah. and and ghosts as well if, if you're researching it or if you're afraid of it mm. you're inviting it in yes at some level
3: because you're still thinking about it that's it yeah. isn't it you still the person
4: the person who says i don't believe in ghosts they're not real. I'm not interested. Don't even talk to me about it. They're 99% less chance of seeing a ghost than someone who goes yeah. out with a torch at night looking for them.
3: Yeah, most, yeah, I understand. Yeah, because everything's about intent, isn't it?
4: Mm. And
3: see, with the jogging creatures, from what I know, from what I've learned, some of them are fine, and others are complete assholes. And they will. Well, that's
4: it. I was going to mention that, but from the research I've done, is they seem quite intelligent.
3: Oh, very, more than intelligent. You know when you said before that it was behind you, but you thought it was in front of you the whole time?
4: Yeah. Typical predator behaviour. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? They have to remain
3: elusive. Get me to
4: get me to run towards it rather than away from it.
3: hmm So you'd exactly that, exactly that. So you run in the opposite direction, the direction it wants you to run well, in. Well, the,
4: the intelligent... you can
3: throw infrasound for exactly that reason.
4: The intelligence I was referring to, though, was that they can actually communicate. Yes, yeah. And, you know, more more like an, an upright human-animal hybrid.
3: Yeah, most that is one of the very possible theories for them, and, and that's kind of where my brain goes. Some mm. kind of engineered
4: hybrid. Because I've heard interviews, first-hand interviews, people said... So, well, I don't know if you heard the one in North America, some guy, hunter guy, was out with his um, hunting rifle, high power hunting rifle. Right. And he said, he said a, a wolf head popped up mm-hmm. and he had it in his sights and it suddenly started running towards him on two legs. Right. And he shot it and, and hit it with a headshot and it mm-hmm. carried on running towards him. Yeah. He shot it again and hit it in the body and then it kind of swerved off at the last minute. And ran back into the woods and he shot it again from behind. Right. And um he said he was sat down in the woods one day. And he says he goes into the woods to like tune into nature and he never takes yes. a phone with him. And he's, you know, he's a very in touch with nature kind of woodsman. Yeah. And he said he was sat in the woods one day and he felt kind of breath on the back of his neck.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And the dog man had silently stealthed up to him and he said he sat and had a conversation with it yeah. and it told him that the the one he, he had shot was a juvenile mm. and that the other dog men were pissed off with him and yeah. that, that this this chief dog man had, had told him not to kill humans and he told him all this and the guy was sobbing on the phone mm-hmm. as he told the story he wasn't making mm-hmm. it up so whether it was um He'd had an experience in his mind, you know, dream-like experience. I don't know, but
3: no, the, as I said to you before, some of them can almost be guide-like. They just... Exactly,
4: they don't appear to be ultimately violent towards humans. It's kind of this, like you say, there's good, good mm. people and bad people. But
3: yeah, I think it's a bit like that, and I also think that not all of them are in control of their own destiny. There are some that are almost enslaved by other beings. So. um
4: was it on your channel I heard recently that, that um, they try and capture them, the military try and capture them yeah, when they're yeah, young? The,
3: the, the, that's not a, what, what I've said, but I do agree with that. I think the younger they can get them, they almost use them like a weapon.
4: Yeah, I've heard yeah. They, they indoctrinate them mm-hmm. and try and, what's the word, tame them. It's and the they u- use them as, um, use them as super soldiers.
3: Yeah, it's the ultimate soldier, isn't it? When you think about it, these mm-hmm. two descriptions that come in for dogmen, and I think of them. this one of them's your typical werewolf, your hammer house, and forest yeah. and tail. It's got um, dog-like legs. It's got claws and paws and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you've got what we would, I would now call a bipedal wolf, but what was called in history a wolf-headed man. So you've got the body of a man.
4: There's um, some medieval paintings of
3: religious
4: religious people with With
2: dog dog heads. heads.
3: St. Christopher was said to be a Sinocephalese, a Mm. dog-headed man. Um, There's a very famous story in England in history that was written down about the Scottish Wolvers, and they were dog-headed men. And if you were kind to them and you left them gifts and things like that, they'd return the favour. So if you ever didn't get a catch of fish, um, they would leave one on the doorstep for you.
4: Like Bigfoot?
3: Like, yeah, this almost...
4: gift Gifting
3: What's the what, Is it symbiotic relationship mm. between them? Yeah. And there's I, the ben- I've ben- heard... Dancy's another kind. That ben and Dancy were also a wolf-headed race. The, they would fight at night against the evil.
4: I've I've heard there's as many types as there are types of canines. There's ones that look like hyenas.
0: Yeah,
3: this, yeah. I've got reports of there's hyenas. There's ones with stripy
4: coats, spotty coats.
3: Yeah, black, raggedy, black ones, ill-looking. Yeah,
4: yeah. grey ones, mm-hmm. brown ones.
3: But think of dogs. Just take your typical dog. They started mm-hmm. off as a wolf. Exactly. Look how many variations they are of them now.
4: Did you hear also that um, when early, early travellers and pioneers went off to countries like Mongolia, they described the Mongolians as dog-headed men as well?
3: No, no, I didn't yeah. know that.
4: They referred to them as mastiffs at some point.
3: Ah, oh, wow. Oh, mm. Colonials. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about but I'll tell you what reports I've had, because um, I can only speak, speak from personal. I've had ones described as hyenas, but upright hyenas.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I've also had reports of hyenas down on our fours. The baboon looking face,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so almost baboon like, um, up on two legs and down on two four down on four feet.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that mastiff pug, I remember him saying it wasn't a snout like an Alsatian Debbie. It looked like a staff or um, a mastiff. It had that pug-shaped vest mm. that was up on two legs and went down onto all four and crossed the road. He was a huge strapping man. He was I think he said he was 17 and a half stone, and he was a bouncer, and he was driving home from work. And he said, obviously, I was stone-cold sober because I was on the job. And he said he see this dark shape to the side of the road on his left-hand side. Um... And he said, I thought, at first, it was a huge dog. He said, now as I got closer to it, I thought, oh, it's a bit bigger than a dog. He, and he, he was trepidatious because he thought it was a deer and it was going to run out in front of the car. Mm-hmm. So he slows himself down, and as the lights pick it up, he said it, was a, it looked like a dog-headed man. It was completely covered in hair, and it had a dog's like face. That but humbling,
4: a humbling moment, isn't
3: it? Mm-hmm. And it crossed the road in front of him. And he said, I can't drive that road anymore. And he actually said to me, I'm 17 and a stone, Deb. I'm like a massive Viking. People come to me when there's trouble and I can't drive that road anymore. <laughs> and it really, really affected him. I think it was the size of it, the yeah. size of the muscles um, and the, the puffness of the face. Because obviously people are going to say to him, well, it's not a dog, man. It doesn't look like an Alsatian. Dogs come well, it's, Alsatian it's, so, it's,
4: it's so different. From our world view, isn't it? Yeah. I Every animal we think we know and we've written about we it and got,
3: yeah, we
4: understand it. it. And we've got like a catalogue of what's reality. And anything yeah. that goes outside of those textbooks and stuff like yeah. triggers you, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, Joe's. You know, I mean, do you know there's some people that believe there's one Bigfoot?
4: Just one. Well, I posted on, um, who's that famous um, Canadian guy? Todd Todd Standing, Standing, yeah. I posted on his YouTube that he was saying, oh, Bigfoot can kill man, Mm -hmm. which, you know, easily, because they can rip up trees and throw them like javelins, (laughs) as far as 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 I learned. But um, I said, yeah, but Todd, they're like gorillas. They don't kill humans Mm -hmm. who aren't bothering them. I said, there's as many types of Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, there are whatever, but, you know, there's... Tall ones, skinny ones, yeah, human-sized the, the ones. They really
3: vary. They really vary. Gorilla,
4: gorilla-like, bigfoot. There's yeah. grey ones, Yetis,
3: white-skinned
4: mm-hmm. white
3: ones. Yeah, you're and, correct. They come in normal air. There's a spectrum, so you get that typical Sasquatch shape. Yeah, like,
4: the giant, like giant ape kind of. Well, mate. that
3: can be any height from four feet to eleven feet.
4: Well, the we, big big the, ones are like seventeen feet.
3: Oh, well, I don't know. I don't ever want to see one of those. So I'm putting that out in yeah. the universe now. That I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. I don't need to see it.
4: Find <laughs> try and find yeah, that picture this. of that picture of one standing by a tree.
3: Oh I mean, a... I've seen that, yeah. With the, with the Indian gentleman. I've seen that. Well,
4: he's it's standing by a tree. It's got his hand on uh, at shoulder height, leaning on this tree, this giant Sasquatch, and it's very it's a long-haired, kind of tall slit. Oh, I know
3: the one you mean. I'll, pu- I'll pop it in the video for people. Yeah, I know the and one. And
4: they went back to the tree later, because it was mm-hmm. snowy when they took the picture, and they went back to the tree later, and um, the guy stood to it, and where this Sasquatch was shoulder height to this branch it was leaning on, this six-foot guy had to reach his hand up to touch the branch.
3: Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, Get that's how big.
3: Oh, no, no, uh, no, Nope. Nope, I'd be out of there. With, you'd have to get me a ticket out of there,
2: Matt.
4: Nope. Mm. But I it don't. wasn't. It didn't look like. Um, it looked more like Chewbacca. Yeah. Shape. Yeah. Yeah. Not, I get like, what you... not like. Yeah. A big almost.
3: Mouth. And that's got an almost dog-like mouth mm. to it.
4: Not like. Know? Not like super muscular, broad shoulders kind of thing. It was just tall and slim. In and a bit, really a bit like Chewbacca, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, you do, you get all kinds of, you get this ancient man type, so where you, it's hairy but you see hair through it. So mm. people say almost like a, ha- a human but much hairier and mm. they've got a very human face, they've got that great brow ridge kind of thing.
2: Mm. Then you
3: get tall skinny ones, you get people who say <laughs> they see something that looks sickly. And the, 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 the hair on it is kind of matted and these patches in places as if it's had accidents mm. and dints out of it. And then you'll get this, oh, it was incredibly sleek. And they come in all colours, from the blackest of black all the way through the spectrum to white. Mm. So if mm. there's that colour's in nature, then and they have even been seen in with this greenest tinge, you know, like the algae that you get on trees. I was
4: going to say, yeah, uh, it's probably algae, like a sloth.
3: Yeah, like, like, like exactly like a sloth. So they've, they've even been, I think there was one famous case in Kentucky where the lad was seeing him through his bedroom window and he asked his mum and he said, who were the green tree people? And she was like, I, I think it was in tree pe- uh, peak Sasquatch Communications. And his mum said, there are. And she said, no, he said, they are. They come out of the trees every night and he looked through the feed bins and he described them as like people, but with green skin and green hair. And he just said they blended within the tree in the day. Well, our early dryads in the UK spoke of the tree people that could be the tree or people at whim, almost mm. as if we were that camouflage that we could wrap I think up.
4: This, um, I think that's a good point to wind things up on, really, that there's so much more going on. Yeah. Yeah. In so nature so- and outside the fringes of our understanding that. You know, we really don't know half as much as we think we know.
3: No, we don't do it. We? we really,
4: really don't.
3: I, you know, sometimes I wonder if we ever will get the answers, but I don't know, well, I suppose, it matters, does it? In the well, I,
4: want, I wonder if um, if the way we're heading, is it, is it going to be like the bar in Star Wars where all the different creatures are in there wow. playing, playing poker and <laughs> drinking and smoking?
3: Wouldn't that be amazing?
4: Or is it is it going to be like the flood when we get a reset?
3: <laughs> can I? Can if we can vote, I'm going for the first. Let's go for the first one.
4: Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to reserve. Leave that up to God, I think.
3: Okay, okay. Well, that's a good point to end it on. So don't leave me, Matt. Stay there. I'm just going to say good night to everyone, and okay. I hope you enjoyed listening to Matt. And I know I did. It was absolutely. It was amazing to just sit there and listen to somebody else speak about their experience.
4: Can I, I plug you. can I plug my channel quick?
3: Oh, most definitely. And what I'll do, I'll add a link into Matt's channel in the description below. And if you've got a blog or anything like that, Matt, do you want to send it over to me and I can link that in as well?
4: Okay. All right, my, my YouTube channel is Matt Blythe the One. Right. I will
3: make sure that there's an available link everywhere that this video is posted and i will definitely go over there and subscribe i didn't know you had a youtube channel i was going to ask you about your your images that your photographs where do you put them do you put them out
4: if you go to facebook mm-hmm. and it's facebook.com forward slash inner productions
3: Innervision? i'll put a link to that as well because it's i'm all, sure that all people... one word yeah, I think people would want to see the images that you're speaking of.
4: I um, could okay, actually show you the photos of the, um, the Milky Way I took at Roxall that night and the Carisbury Castle photos as well. Oh,
3: that would be lovely. Would you allow me to put a couple of them in the so that you'd be? Yeah, good? I'd love oh, you to. Oh, that would be brilliant because it gives people an idea of what the night was like. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic. You've been an angel. So until next time, everyone, um, and I will be back with another... Uh, episode not too far away. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm on a bit of a buzz.
2: So, good night, everyone.
4: Thank you. Good night.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.